What's up, everybody? This is Over the Top, and welcome to our very first Champions League edition of the show. Uh, so we'll be looking at the round of 16 matches that involve Premier League teams. So that includes Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and my almighty Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> uh, I'm Kyle. I've got my man Justin here. What's up, dude? What's up, Kyle? Uh, we pronounced Tottenham Hotspur dead on the podcast a few days ago. Uh, well, I guess it was just two days ago. But now, um, you know, looking at this result in Champions League last week for them against RB Leipzig, I think it just even further buries the hatchet. Yeah, I mean, I think they're dead for sure in the in uh, the Premier League, in the Champions League. It's crazy that they have a chance, but this team isn't good enough. Uh, uh, we'll, this, we'll, we'll, this... we'll we'll get to them later in the yeah. podcast, though. We don't we don't want to want to save all our thoughts for now. No, that stuff will just kill my brain cells. So let's actually move on to a real match with some good quality. Uh, we've got Manchester City in Madrid at the study at the uh, Bernabeu uh, against Real Madrid. Uh, pretty interesting match. I mean, this was sort of the heavyweight that everyone was looking forward to. Uh, and even before the match started, some interesting lineups, weren't there? Yeah, super interesting, Kyle. I mean, you look at City's lineup, and you almost had Bernardo Silva as the tip of the striker, which is was interesting. And Gabriel Jesus out to the left, Mahrez out to the right, De Bruyne kind of that cam, almost a second striker role at times. So, very interesting, and I thought even more interesting, though, Kyle, was Sergio Aguero, David Silva, and I know we have Sterling coming off injury, but coming off the bench, those three players. That, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, super strong bench. Um, still had Phil Foden, who everyone wants to see. Jao Cancelo, who never even plays. I mean, that's a nice option. Yeah. Fernandinho, who, uh, you know, we'll get to in a little bit, but super strong bench, but I guess you could say the same thing for Madrid, and they kind of had somewhat interesting lineup as well. I mean, I didn't quite expect Isco to start out wide. Uh, Vinicius Jr. Um, also is there. But besides that, I mean, pretty uh, normal and routine. Although I think some people who haven't been watching Madrid this season might be surprised that Tony Cruz wasn't starting. But he's been pretty poor this season. And uh, Fede Valverde, the young Uruguayan player, has been pretty... Um, pretty consistent and pretty solid so. pretty consistent and a little pacey he was making a nice run down the right a couple times uh for madrid so definitely yep. offered something that tony cruz at this stage uh or if you play fifa you know his speed rating uh can't offer so yeah it's not good and it's not like you know 34 year old modric or whatever has tons of pace and neither does casemiro so uh i i, I get his inclusion uh there's just no pace if all three of those guys are playing together so yeah, uh, getting into the flow of the game, I mean, first half, I thought, first 15 minutes, City really struggled to get into it. Real Madrid were kind of dominating play, dominating the ball, and then City started to work themselves into it, get a hold of the ball. But 30 minutes in, we see Laporte go down, which is, I mean, we don't know the extent of the injury as the game was just earlier today, but that's a big deal, Kyle. Yeah, no, that's... I think, I mean, of course, Man City players, uh, fans won't want to see a player like De Bruyne go down. But I think Laporte was the last person that City fans and Guardiola would like to see go down because we've seen the difference he makes in the team. I mean, they were solid early on in the season. And as soon as he went down, everyone knew that was bad news. And they just, he mops up a lot of the issues that 
um, you know, Man City's style of play sort of creates and their risky play and he's clever on the ball. So that was not a good one. And he went off right after Real Madrid had a chance where um, Kareem Benzema headed down. Um, Ederson had a nice save, but the rebound went right to Vinicius Jr. and he lost his footing at the wrong moment. So oh yeah, Laporte knew it was, you know, being in a match like this, not fully fit, wasn't good. So it remains to be seen if it's a serious injury or just a little uh, niggling injury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that it has a big impact on City's chances, um, especially if they get through this round and on if Laporte's injury is serious. But yeah. continuing the flow of the game, Kyle, kind of, you know, chances, uh, you know, City kind of had a lot of chances throughout the rest of the first half, but nothing really begging goal. Uh, goes nil nil at halftime. Yeah, that's right. And and I mean, besides that chance we talked about with Vinicius Junior, uh, Gabby Jesus had a pretty good chance as well, cutting in from the left. Probably should have done better, but it wasn't like it was a sitter or anything. So no. pretty pretty even, honestly, going into halftime. Yeah, um, a pretty exciting nil nil draw by halftime, and then coming into the second half, um, you know, it was more of the same with the. Energy levels, I thought both teams, I mean, City dropped off a little bit and didn't really do much, but there's still clearly tons of quality on this pitch, and it was kind of back and forth, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, even coming out in the second half, I thought City pushed it a little more than Madrid did, but yes, definitely closer to even than City dominating. Uh, But, I mean, just terrible defensive mistake, you have to say. Uh, just lackadaisical passing that led to the Isco goal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it was uh, someone gave Rodri somewhat of a hospital ball and Rodri didn't cover himself in glory. And um, I mean, it was a nice, nice play by Vinicius, but you'd expect someone of his quality to slide it into Isco, who just tucked it into the bottom corner. Good finish. Um, And you got to say at that moment, City was on top. Um, But you know, when they were looking for answers um, and solutions, Pep brought on um, Raheem Sterling, and he just kind of totally changed the game, didn't he? He totally changed the game, injected that pace. You know, Bernardo Silva playing a little bit out of his comfort zone, I would say, in this game. So with Raheem Sterling, totally changed where Gabri Jesus was playing as well, moved more to that striker role, Sterling on the left and Mares on the right with De Bruyne as that cam uh, playmaker mm-hmm. roaming gnome role to speak. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, Raheem Sterling caused all sorts of problems down that left-hand side, uh, really led to the opening goal with Sterling running down, De Bruyne eventually getting the ball and having a wonderful cross to Gabby Jesus, who also had some work to do with the header. So overall, just a great goal, I thought. Yeah, it was. I mean, what more can we say about De Bruyne, who we'll touch upon a little bit more um, after this flow of the game segment, but you know, holds up the play um, nicely and, you know, has a nice turn on the side of the box and puts in a beautiful cross that just floats into Gabby Jesus, who, you know, is really clever with his finish. And almost, I mean, and not long after, um, Raheem Sterling uh, it starts taking on Carvajal and he just puts in kind of a stupid challenge. I mean, I thought it was really dumb, Kyle. I mean, like... A player's a supposed, I mean, not even supposed, of Carvajal's quality and what he's accomplished with Real Madrid. I mean, I don't care if Sterling goes down easy and he has that reputation, but you cannot make that challenge. 
Yeah, I mean, don't even make it a possibility. You can't do that. I mean, it's just it's lazy. You can't. Oh, it it just pisses me off. And I don't and I don't like Real Madrid either. So I'm letting my biases play in a little bit. But like that was just so dumb. Yeah, but I mean, I I feel the same way about Madrid. And even I'm like, what are you doing? You know, even though deep down inside, I'm really happy that Madrid is facing defeat in the round of 16. But really stupid challenge. And De Bruyne, you know. He steps up. Man City have had tons of issues with penalties. We talked about it in our Premier League podcast that we were both hoping that Ederson would start taking penalties. But De Bruyne steps up. Uh, I mean, he's the man. Puts in a great penalty. And uh, it kind of rounds out a, a really great win for Man City away from home. But real quick, before the match ended in about the 89th or 90th minute, uh, Sergio Ramos, we talked about stupid challenges earlier. This one was a little soft, but Sergio Ramos, uh, he got caught out by uh, Gabby Jesus, and he puts his arm on his shoulder when he's the last man. It's going to be a red card, even if it's kind of soft and there isn't much contact. Yeah, I mean, super so soft, honestly. I mean, there's hardly any contact, but Jesus goes down. I mean, if the ref deems that a foul, it's an automatic red card. So, Again, of someone of Ramos's stature and maturity, or I mean, many would argue lack of, you can't make that challenge, and ultimately no. it results in his twenty-sixth red card for Real Madrid. So, uh, what a stat! It, it's stupid. I mean, yes, I guess maybe he saved a goal, and that away goal would have been massive. Honestly, yeah, that's uh, true. So that's I true, mean, but, but he's, he's not him. he's not available for the return leg. But right. I mean, I guess what is that worth? Is it worth of an away goal for City? I, I guess that's debatable. But just a stupid challenge. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking it was is really dumb in that he wouldn't, you know, their captain wouldn't be playing in the next match. But I never really thought about it in terms of the away goals because you're right, the a third away goal would have been curtains. Although I mean, they would have had know, to I, score th- the three. Uh, goals in the return leg right but without Laporte possibly you know that is possible but you know overall um, Sterling De Bruyne they're the best players on the pitch weren't they oh totally not even a question with Jesus doing a nice job uh, in that striker role once Sterling came on so I mean ultimate stats at the end of the game possession honestly was pretty even Uh, shots City 16 Madrid 9 uh, so, you know, like, again, it shows City having more shots, more shots on target, but you don't remember them having many close no. chances, though. No, no, no. Many, and... took, many fell to Courtois or right at Courtois when maybe right. they could have done better. So, Right, and I, I think the overall takeaway is this was a pretty even match that City slightly edged. But, um, you know, City's big players, they probably showed up a little bit more than Madrid's big players. I mean, Ramos let them down. Carvajal let them down. Benzema was kind of quiet this match. And, uh, yeah, I mean, overall though, Madrid, what, what were your thoughts on them this match? Cause I, before the match, I was saying that I, I always felt that Madrid somehow was being slept on this season. And I thought that they were a real favorite for this, but I was left kind of wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, not that I expected them to win this game or win this tie like you did, but uh, I, I just expected more. I don't know. I've expected more creativity. They seemed passive. A lot of, I thought a lot of their vulnerabilities were exposed, to be honest, uh, in the midfield, at back. So I don't know. It's, 
it gives me real doubt that they'll move on. And even, I mean, we don't talk about other leagues on this podcast, but really cast doubt on their La Liga chances as well. I mean, Ramos goes down. They don't have Hazard. They're kind of reeling. They played Barcelona this weekend. Uh, I, I just have serious doubts about this team and what they'll be able to accomplish this season. Well, I hope you're right because I am. I really <laughs> I despise Madrid and you know <laughs> what they're about and buying everyone other everyone else's best players. But I still think Madrid are in this, honestly. And I, City, City are vulnerable, but but then again, Madrid are vulnerable as well. But City really leak goals, and Madrid, if anything, they have balls. You know, they've really shown that they can show up for the occasion. So I wouldn't rule them out. I think it's fair to say, though, uh, City clear favorites. To clear. This was a huge result for them. Uh, for me, it was an unexpected result. I actually expect City to go out this this round, but I no longer feel that way. Although Madrid is still in it, so. So, what's your prediction going in for the second for the second tie? I'm gonna go with a two-two draw. City advances. Yeah, I think it'll I be mean, close. That would be a fascinating game because if Madrid score one more goal, then they would be going through. Yeah, and I, I, I am going to predict that Real Madrid score first, City start to sweat a little bit. But I think City, um, you know, without Ramos, I, I, I would imagine it'd be a Varane and Nacho pairing. And that doesn't seem like a pairing that would keep out a Man City team. I think City will be up for it unless they totally choke, which I don't see happening. So... I'm going to say 2-2, City advances, Madrid are out. You're close, Kyle. You're close to what the final score will be. You nailed Madrid (laughs) scoring first. That will exactly happen. Uh, But City will respond with a goal, and then I think as Madrid brings on some subs late to try and get it, force it to extra time, uh, an Aguero or a Jesus late goal will seal it off. 2-1, City, they advance. Yeah, got to be a a huge result, honestly. And especially with this uh, potential ban, which I think they'll still be banned for at least one season of Champions League play. But, um, you know, City really want this now. I mean, this was a trophy Guardiola wants. This is a trophy the fans want, the players want. Um, And with Barcelona looking eh, with Madrid out, with, uh, you know, Liverpool vulnerable, you know, I I don't think Liverpool are – they're they're at risk as well. So a lot of the good teams have a chance of, you know, being knocked out. And I think that bodes well for Man City's chances. All right, Kyle. Next game, Chelsea 0. 0, mm-hmm. Bayern 3. In Oof. London. Oof. In London. Stanford Bridge. This Brutal. game was just yesterday, but my God. I mean, Chelsea wish they didn't play this game. I, I bet they wish they were eliminated in the knockouts and Ajax were in this game. Cause yeah, so they, could, so they could finish, uh, so they could focus on the Premier League, right? I mean, they got totally outclassed, smacked. It was weird that the possession stats weren't more unbalanced because I think anyone watching the game would have noticed that Bayern totally dominated. I mean, Chelsea had some chances here and there, but here and Bayern there. outclassed them. I mean, Bayern 63% possession, so that was still dominating, and it felt probably yeah. more. It felt worse than that. It really did. 16 shots to 9. I mean, a few off, like what, a uh, Muller header off of the crossbar in the first half. You know, I had some friends texting me saying Chelsea were lucky to be nil-nil at halftime, and we see how it went still. So, yikes. It's not looking good. Bayern, I mean, we don't talk about other leagues much on this podcast. Uh, You know, they haven't had the best year. No. 
not the best Bayern team we've ever seen roster-wise. Lewandowski, what a pure finisher, though. Yeah, well, and creator. And creator, I mean, that all-around. He is the best all-around striker in the world, I think. You know, oh yeah. I mean, he's I mean, better than Harry Kane. I think we can say definitely. I mean, I when I look at the best strikers, I think of them two, Aguero and Suarez probably. And even then, like Aguero's just a finisher. Suarez, he's the only one that I think could like. What would you say Ronaldo is now at this stage of his career? That's true, man. I don't think he's much of a midfielder. He's not really anymore. a winger anymore. No. He's, a, he's kind of a striker now. That's just what he is. He it does is. his own thing. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. And he's like a beast of a finisher, but from like a pure number nine, Lewandowski, it doesn't get any better. No, I mean we've seen it and, and talk about consistency though. Year in and year out, banging thirty plus goals, getting those. And he's assists. having one of his best years this yes. year, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he has with, what, thirty something goals in the league? Yeah. I mean Nabry and Coman on the outsides. They got Muller. They got Coutinho on the bench. I mean, uh, young players playing well. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, especially Alfonso Davies from the Canadian MLS. guy. Canadian guy from the MLS, Vancouver Whitecaps. I mean, there's always this raw talent on Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Always very fast, kind uh-huh. of a left mid, right. more so. Uh, but God, I now mean, he's a left back, left wing back, and he just on the he third tore goal. Him up. You, if if you haven't watched it yet. Watch the third Byron goal. Alfonso Davies totally just put the team on his back. Really nice. Yeah, I mean, Lewandowski even acknowledged it. He didn't even see, like, ran right over to Alfonso he Davies. Didn't and the whole team did. The whole yep. team did. Yep. And then you also got uh, Benjamin Pavard, who I think is great. He can play either center back or From right Stuttgart, back. Stuttgart, too. But, I mean, that goal in the World Cup will always oh, remember that. Oh, my but, God. Like, they, Byron's, it's weird because they're in transition Yet they totally outclass Chelsea. Oh, I guess Chelsea's also in Chelsea's transition in transition, too. but you just see the gulfs in talent, though, right? Totally, absolutely, and it's weird because this this really is one of the least talented Bayern teams I think I've seen this year and last season compared to like the last ten years. Right. Know? I mean, they were so dominant before. Yeah, but I mean, you got to give them, uh, you know, their interim manager. I don't <laughs> couldn't even tell you, Mister Mister Manager, as right. in FIFA, if you're starting a new career mode right right I mean, you gotta give them credit i mean they're playing a lot better ever since nico kovac left um and uh, i think lampard said after the match that this game was a total wake-up call um which i okay actually we got a name real quick hans flick is the Bayern manager you knew that yeah yeah i don't even think they hired him they, he was an assistant or something like that to kovac but um yeah no chelsea looked done I think they're done from this tie. Oh, no, they're done. it's over. I mean, if I had to predict a score in the return leg, I would say 2-1 Bayern, but, like, it's it's over. There's no way Chelsea are going and scoring four goals in Bayern no. to win the tie. Well, it's just or, not happening. Or even keeping them out of the out of their own net, you know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah. I, I see Bayern scoring at home, like, At easy. least once. At, at least. least. Once. So, um, real quick, Serge Gnabry. Uh, Arsenal youth player can't even get into Arsenal's uh, first team. Goes to West Brom. Goes to West Brom. Doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. You know they don't really see anything. So he goes back home to Germany. Um, I couldn't. I I feel like he went to maybe. I think it like was Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. Where Pretty did he sure go? It was Hoffenheim. We're looking it up right now. Uh, so he went to Werder Bremen. That's right. And that's then he right. was transferred. To, so he's in Werder Bremen one year. With Kevin Torda. De Bruyne, right? Torda, know, no, no, that was Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg. Yeah. 
He tore it up, so he went to Bayern. He was transferred to Bayern, but right. then he went to Hoffenheim on loan. Oh, yeah, And then he was right. tearing it up at Hoffenheim on loan mm-hmm. for that one season, and then he went to Bayern and then tore it up. So, Yeah, so kind of a weird uh, career trajectory, honestly. Can't make it at Arsenal, and then, say, four or five years later, plays Spurs in the Champions League, scores a hat trick. Four goals, actually, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in London, plays at, Bayern, uh, at Chelsea, Scores two goals, so he's basically the king of London after not even cutting. Oh, I didn't realize this, but he made one appearance for West Brom. That's so weird. That's why I don't even remember him in a West Brom shirt. Honestly. God, he's so good now. Yep, yep. But this this Bayern team, um, I think they're kind of slept on. I think I've slept on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still don't see them as a serious challenger for the Champions League, but uh, they're going I mean, in they're the next in the, round. The last eight, and anything can happen in there. I mean, they can give. I mean, Barcelona have a bad night on the way oh, yeah. from home if they play them. The Bayern could easily win. Totally. So. What, what's your prediction for the next match? Uh, two one probably Bayern. Uh, Chelsea score a late goal, but it's all over by then if it's five 0 on aggregate. Yeah, that's not. What, what about you? Do. You know, I'm gonna say more of the same. Uh, I've got Bayern three, Chelsea one. I, I see Chelsea maybe scoring an early goal and then Bayern killing it off even before halftime. Getting into last week's game, Kyle. Some interesting results last week. Yeah. Atletico won at home in their brand new, beautiful stadium that Mm -hmm. Liverpool beat Tottenham last year in the UEFA Champions League final. Oh, yeah, that one. (laughs) Liverpool nil. Liverpool nil. You don't say that a lot. I know. I mean, when was the last time? time I don't think we've said that all year because they've won 25, 26 matches now and tied one, and they was 1-1 against Manchester United. We've never said that all year. I was going to say, they've scored in in every single... They've scored in every single game. Wow. I mean, Premier League game. Yep. Wow, that's true. Yeah. Um, This game seemed to totally take people by surprise. I I think people kind of assume that Liverpool... uh, I mean, they're definitely one of the favorites, let's let's be honest Yeah, I mean, they're not the favorite. Right, and Atleti and, you know, basically all the Spanish teams, except maybe Real Madrid, have had kind of down years. Um, they're in transition, but I feel like with this manager and these defenders that they have and their midfield, you know, really solid, they can pull this on anyone, really. I mean, they... they they're the masters of parking the bus. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, you think of Mourinho, and he's kind of the park the bus. Like, if you open up the dictionary, there's a pic- there's a picture of Mourinho by bus, right? Uh, but it should be Simeone, honestly. Oh, like, he's he's a way better tactician, I believe, than Mourinho, where it comes to strategy, parking the bus. Like, you just watched a Liverpool corner, for example, and all four of... Atletico's fastest players were on the edge of the box waiting for a counter just in case Atletico didn't convert the corner. Like it was yeah. masterclass. Yeah, it's I mean, like you look the, at the, the stats, tiny, it, tiny details that that um, that he gets right. I mean, I, I love Simeone. I mean, you look at the stats, right? And it was just complete utter domination. That's what it looks like. Like I talked to my Liverpool coworker fan, and he's like, "Oh, we just dominated that game. We're to go and dominate at home." I'm like, "Well." Not so fast. Yeah, I mean, if there's one team who can get dominated in possession but still not concede a goal, it's Atletico oh, Madrid, Madrid and Diego Simeone. Even after uh, they've lost um, uh, Diego Godin and a couple other players, I mean, I mean, they're not. They're Atletico are not at their best this season. Let's no. be honest. They're not doing that well domestically. They've had some injuries. Uh, 
Jal Felix is just coming back, who hasn't done much this year. And there's I mean, it's, signings, a, it's so. a lot to ask him to really replace Griezmann. Right. Yeah. I mean, they spend a ton of money on him. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it'll go beyond this season. But, I mean, they have some players. They got Murata. They got Diego Costa. They bought Yannick Carrasco again from That's China. Right. Kind of weird. They got Thomas Lamar, Saul Ninguez, Koke. I mean, they have players. They have oh, good yeah. players. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Angel Correa's had a good year. Right. He's dangerous. Somehow they're number 10 now, which is just strange, but yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Liverpool is still favorites, but I, I'd give it a 60-40 shot for Liverpool, which is not an insignificant shot for Atletico. Goal. No, no. It's because definitely... if they score one away goal, mm-hmm. Liverpool has to score three, and yeah. that is not an easy task against any Atletico side. I don't care if it's backups for Atletico. Simeone will have them ready and positioned correctly. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, if Atleti scores, I think it's over. I, I don't see Liverpool scoring three goals on Atleti. I, it could happen, though. It could happen, but my God. And, I, I mean, I just, man, I just love Simeone. I yeah. want to see him in the Premier League, but uh, I think this is a perfect place for him, uh, for El Cholo, with his, you know, sort of Johnny Cash, all black outfit thing going on. So, But this it'll be an interesting game next week because – I almost feel like Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool are kind of underselling it and kind of expecting something different to happen next game because the post-match interview last week, or during the last match, uh, Klopp was saying, oh, but we're going to Anfield next. This is Anfield. I think Simeone and Atletico's players will look at that statement and be like, okay, dude, this is Anfield, whatever. You know, They go to camp now twice a season. They go to the Bernabeu. I know Liverpool is probably more raucous in both of those places, but if there's any team who can go and park the bus at the toughest place to possibly play, it's these guys. Oh, they're not. They won't be intimidated at all. I mean, Juventus had to beat them. They won 2-0 against Juventus in the same stage last season and then lost the last second with Cristiano Ronaldo just eating their hearts out. Right. I could just imagine Ray Hudson on that call. Oh, Magister. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is not going to be an easy game for Liverpool. I think yeah. Liverpool are going to win 2-0, uh, get the get the second goal. So it'll be 1-1 on aggregate for much of the game. Then they'll get in like the 82nd minute. But it, it's going to be tight. It's going to be cagey. Atletico get one. It's very, very, very precarious for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. No, I... I... I agree that if they score, it'll be tough. I don't see Atleti scoring, but I've got kind of a different prediction here. Going. I what think you got? I think Liverpool score first. They score a goal, but I think Atleti really holds firm, and they don't concede another goal. So this goes at 1-1 Ooh. on aggregate, and so it goes, goes to into, extra time. Yeah, I don't see anyone scoring. I see Atleti totally shutting it down, defending with 11 players. Goes to penalties. And I'm going to pick Atleti going through on penalties. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. I, I think I think Liverpool might take the, their eye off of this one a little bit. And I think Liverpool fans won't really care because they just really want the Premier League. I mean, they just won Champions League. Yeah. I mean, to my dad, who's a Liverpool fan, he's like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll go for Champions League again, but I'll take the Premier League. And, I mean, I mean Kyle, on. to me, that's done and dusted. The Premier oh, League. Oh, it is. It is, and I, I still think Liverpool fans are so fixated on the league that I think maybe they're kind of underprepared for the Champions League game. But to I, me, as a, like a rational wrong. fan, like I feel like they should take it seriously. Yes, they still have the invincible shot in the Premier League, which Look, is I not uh, 
you know, which is a significant feat. But yeah. I mean, they have it won. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. They've they have the Premier League won. They're miles ahead of yes. the next team. I think it's like 22, 23 points or something. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, like Champions League is their last competition. Yep. I mean, I guess they have the FA whatever. But but they clearly don't yeah, care about they don't the care FA Cup either. Yeah, yeah. You know, they played their under twenty three team yeah. and somehow won, but. Yeah, any Liverpool fan I've talked to where they say, oh, I don't really care about Champions League, I care about the league, why not go for both? Yeah, you can Seriously. Now. You can. I mean, it's done and dusted in the yeah. league. So, Last game, Kyle. Spurs nil, Leipzig won, in a game that didn't feel that close until the last 20 minutes. Like, It's a miracle this match finished 1-0, honestly. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a miracle that Spurs didn't score. No, it's a miracle that Leipzig weren't through 3-0 like within 60 minutes, honestly. I mean, for the first 70 minutes of this game, Leipzig utterly dominated Spurs. It wasn't even close. Chance after chance, just dominating the ball, dominating possession. I mean, Spurs offered High press. They offered nothing going forward Mm. whatsoever. And I'm kind of amazed that it took a really terrible defensive mistake from Ben Davies to, you know, give Timo Werner, you know, Leipzig's star striker, star player who's got 20-plus goals in the league, is wanted by most teams probably. With that low release clause too. Yeah, only 50 million pounds or something like that. Um, It's a miracle this game was only 1-0, and it took that mistake because – they really peppered this goal. Hit the post, I think, once or mm-hmm. twice as well. I think just once. But the fact that it took that penalty to get them to score is the one thing that gives me hope. And the last 20 minutes. You know, Spurs totally turned things around. I mean, especially with the introduction of Eric Lamella, too. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess surprising Sounds weird, and not right? surprising. But, yeah, I mean, once he was introduced, he injected that life into the game. Mm-hmm. He was... Really pushing the tempo, I thought, where they yep. were kind of sleepy and kind of dead and resigned that they were going to lose. But he came on and was like, no, we're going to go for this thing. And they nearly tied it up. I mean, it was yeah. totally... They had some good chances. I mean, it uh, was great... night and It was night and day. They uh, they were the better team in the last 15 minutes. Oh, by far. Yes. And, uh, you know, it took a great save from uh, Leipzig's keeper to push a Giovanni Lo Celso free kick onto the post. Right. Uh, would have been a great goal, but would have been undeserved, I think, if they had tied this match but uh spurs can't believe i'm saying this they're still in this they're still in it kyle if you think they're still in it what's the score on the return leg uh you know i'm gonna go with one one in so the, not on mean... aggregate in the second match i think it'll be one one i think spurs actually will improve away from home that's my kind of ballsy prediction but leipzig threw two one on uh aggregate you know their manager, Julian Nagelsmann, makes some good moves and kind of dictates this tie. I mean, if I'm Tottenham, I think I have to start LaCelso, I have to start Bergwijn, I have to start Ndombele, I think I have to start Lucas and Lamela. I think I have to go for it. See yeah, why not? I mean, you have zero goals at home, Leipzig have one away goal, you have to get two at least to advance, mm-hmm. unless you get 1-0 and go to penalties, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going for it at the end of the day, though. Spurs are dead, Kyle. 4-1 Leipzig, end of day. <laughs> oh, my God. That turned so quickly, I didn't expect it, even though you told me what your prediction was offline. Uh, I think that's brutal, man. But I got to say, their manager, you know, Nagelsmann, he's top property. I, I mean, could they, see have him. To go, they have to go to East Germany. Yeah, I could, see him, I could see him orchestrating that. And also, you know, everyone's been talking about 
Kane and Son's injury and how that changes everything. Uh, Leipzig were without three center backs, three, and two center mids in that match. Uh, their captain, Willie Orban, was injured. Their best defender by far, Upa Meccano, who's hot property, also injured. So I don't know. I don't really buy this whole shit. I mean, I saw Leipzig play live in September against Benfica in Lisbon, and they're a good side. I mean, Sabitzer is good. Poulsen, who didn't even start this game, is good. Emil Forsberg is good, who didn't start this game. Timo Werner, obviously. We don't need to go on about him. He's a star player. So, I mean, they're a solid team. They are. They are. But I, you know, Spurs are in this, though. Mm. But do any of us have any hope that Spurs are going to do jack shit? No. Come on. This Mourinho team looks pretty miserable. So that's my prediction. So we'll see what happens. That's our first Champions League podcast. Yeah. No, it feels kind of weird. Yeah. It feels kind of weird. We're Shorter podcast. Yeah, just covering the Premier League teams only, uh, at least for this first leg. We'll mention some of the other games in the return legs as well. Just mm-hmm. mention the results and go over yeah. key points, but that's about it. Any other funny things like Dries Mertens' celebration oh, against yeah. Barcelona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That was kind of creepy and funny. Anyway. Anyway, until next time, he's Kyle. I'm Justin. See you on the weekend. See you guys.